Today's podcast finishes our theme over the last few weeks where we focused on lessons learned from specific passages of Scripture. This last lesson comes from the book of 1 John. Do you constantly beat yourself up for sins committed years ago? Are you filled with worry and dread about your eternity? Do you have doubts whether you will go to heaven? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this lesson is for you. In this study, Don Blackwell will open the book of 1 John and draw from each chapter points that will instill hope and confidence in the heart of each faithful Christian. It is a study of having blessed assurance. If you're now a Christian, I want you to think back to the moment when you realized that you were lost. How did you take it? Did you feel sick inside? Did you toss and turn in your bed while, while the acid churned in your stomach? Friends, the thought that I might die in a lost condition is a miserable burden to bear. Now, I want you to recall how you felt when you were taught the gospel. You learned that in order to have your sins forgiven and to be a Christian, that you had to hear the gospel, you had to believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and, and the Lord would add you to that one body of the saved. Now, remember how happy you were when you came out of the watery grave of baptism, knowing that your sins had been forgiven. You know, some people have said, I wish I could die at that moment. You were so happy that that burden was gone. But then you began to hear sermons on the possibility of apostasy, that a child of God could still lose his soul, and you began to worry. And you had Bible study, and you came across 2 Peter 2.20, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. And you begin to worry. And you're told that you have to be perfect, or at least that's the way you're hearing it in your mind, and you begin to worry. And as a matter of fact, that horrible feeling that you had before you became a Christian starts coming back. And there are some people who, though they will come to the worship services of the church and they will sing blessed assurance, in their hearts they don't really have it. They don't have any confidence about their salvation. And there are some members of the church who have been members for 20 or 25 years, but they have never been able to bring themselves to say, I know that I am saved. They will use substitute terms instead like, I hope I'm saved, I think I'm saved, perhaps I'm saved, maybe I'm saved. And, and some will even go so far as to say, I cannot really know that I'm saved until I die or Jesus comes again. And so as a result, they're not able to say, I know that if I die tonight, that heaven will be my home. And there are some people who live in constant anxiety and frustration with regard to their relationship to God. They wake up in the morning worrying about this. They pillow their heads at night with the same anxiety. And there are some members of the church who have never been able to forgive themselves for sins that they've committed in the past. They're constantly digging around in the graveyard of past sins and digging up these things and reliving them. 
And it's not unusual to hear some folks talk about a sin that, that maybe this person committed 25 or 30 years or even half a century ago. And, and the way he will talk about it, you would think he committed it yesterday. It's just as fresh in his mind. He's, he's never been able to forgive himself. And consequently, many members of the church live in a constant state of frustration and anxiety over their relationship with God. Brethren, may I suggest to you that there is a book of the Bible that was written to address this problem. Its primary purpose is to give Christians confidence in their salvation. Every chapter of this book addresses this topic. Now, the book I'm talking about is 1 John, and we're going to study this together today. Now, in the book of 1 John, in uh, the first chapter, chapter 1 and verse 4, John begins his book with these words, And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be full. Now, that's important. He begins with those words, that your joy may be full. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is not God's desire for His children to walk around in fear and frustration and, and constant anxiety over their souls. The Christian life is one where you should be able to confidently say, I know that I am going to go to heaven. You should be able to sing blessed assurance and it is well with my soul and really mean it. And so what we want to do in this particular study is to go through the book of 1 John and to pick out one point from each of the five chapters, one point that should give you confidence in your salvation, that should give you blessed assurance. And if you are a person who struggles with this, who struggles with doubt, I would suggest that once every week you read the book of 1 John because it is a book of assurances. It is a book of confidence. But I also want you to notice as we go through these points that none of these points are unconditional. That is very important. All right, let's begin with 1 John chapter 1. The first point that we're going to make is continual cleansing. You should get confidence from this point, continual cleansing. Now, we're going to begin with chapter 1 and verse 7. The Bible says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. Now, friends, the tenses in this verse are very important. The word walk is present active subjunctive. Thus, literally, if we keep on walking in the light. Now, cleanses is present tense, thus revealing that it is a constant process as long as we keep walking in the light. Now, that reveals something very interesting, and that is this. I can commit a sin while walking in the light. If while I am continually walking in the light, I am getting continual cleansing, then what that means is a Christian can commit a sin and have it washed away and never cease to be saved. And so, what's the point? The point is that walking in the light does not mean that I have to be sinlessly perfect. In fact, the next verse says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. You're not going to be perfect. But that doesn't mean you can't be faithful. You know, some people have the idea that a Christian wakes up in the morning and he's saved and he commits a sin, and, and he's lost, and, and he prays about it, and he's saved again. And, and then it, it goes on this way through the day. So in one day, you may be saved, lost, saved, lost, saved, lost, and, and your salvation 
really becomes dependent upon almost the luck of the draw, if you want to use that phrase, and, and whether you happen to die in one of those saved moments. I want you to imagine this scenario. Here's a Christian. Here, here's a Christian man who's been serving the Lord faithfully for 25 years. He never misses worship services. He gives as he's prospered. He's evangelistic. He's honest. He's a humble servant of God, and, and he has been for years. Imagine now that he's driving down the road, and he has a sinful thought, and, and immediately a, a car hits him and he dies. What would be the situation of that man eternally? You know, the, the lost saved, lost saved mindset would have that man lost and condemned in eternity to hell. But I'm telling you that 1 John 1 and verse 7 says that's incorrect. As this man has been doing his best to walk in the light, he is enjoying continual cleansing by the blood of Jesus. You know, there is an amazing passage in Romans chapter 4 and verse 8. The Bible says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute sin. Now, who is that man? Well, he's the faithful Christian of 1 John 1 and verse 7, the man who is trying to, to live right, the man who is trying to do right. Does he stumble? Of course he does. Does he mess up? Of course he does. But he never gives up. When he goofs, he repents and, and he keeps on fighting. Brothers and sisters in Christ, listen to this. It is very, very important. The Bible says God will not impute sin against that man. Now, the word impute means to mark up against. It means God will not mark up a single sin against a man like that, not a single one. No wonder it says, blessed is the man against whom God will not mark up sin. Now, can I commit sin? Yes. Will it be charged against me? No. Suppose a man obeys the gospel when he is 20, and he walks in the light until death claims his body at age 80. For 60 years, he keeps on trying. He gets knocked down, he gets back up. He keeps on confessing his sins because that's part of walking in the light. He never ever walks away. He just keeps pressing on. Friends, I'm telling you that that man was saved when he was 30, and when he was 40, and when he was 50, and all the years in between. Now why? Because he had a continual cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because though he has sinned, it was not imputed to him. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 is, is a very a powerful and comforting passage along these lines. It says this, There is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now let me translate this. To those who are in Christ and who are walking in the light, there is no condemnation. And so the first point is this, continual cleansing. But I want you to take note, it's not unconditional. Continual cleansing is for those who are walking in the light, those who keep on keeping on. Now somebody says, you know, it, it sounds to me like you're teaching the denominational doctrine of once saved, always saved. No, no. Once saved, always saved says that there is nothing that you can do to be lost. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that any time I could cease to walk in the light. I could say, I've had enough of this Christianity stuff. I'm going back to the world. And at that point, I would no longer be in fellowship with God. I would no longer have that continual cleansing from the blood of Jesus Christ, and I would be lost. All right, our first point from 1 John chapter 1 
is continual cleansing. Now, friends, is that blessed assurance? You better believe it is. You want some more? Here's chapter 2. From chapter 2 of 1 John, we have this phrase, perfect propitiation. Now, in chapter 1, we have a continual cleansing. In chapter 2, we have perfect propitiation. Now, I want you to look at chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. John says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, I want you to notice two words, advocate and propitiation. Now, an advocate is one who pleads our case. A propitiation is an appeasement. And so, what he tells us in chapter 2 and verse 1 is don't sin. Don't live that way. But when you do sin, you have Christ who pleads your case and appeases your situation so that you remain blameless in the sight of God. Sometime back, I got a ticket in the state of Georgia for turning right on red. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that, but the fact that I didn't know didn't stop the police officer from giving me a ticket. Well, anyway, the policeman stopped me. He wrote me a ticket. I found out that in the state of Georgia, you can hire a traffic lawyer, and he will go to court for you, and he will plead your case, and he'll say something like this. He'll say, Your Honor, my client has never gotten a ticket in the state of Georgia before. Would you be willing to to throw out the charge of running this light and just let him pay a fine to the court and, and have it not show up on his record? And I thought that was a good idea. And so I hired a lawyer, and he did that. And he went to the judge, and the judge threw out the ticket, and it never showed up on my record. Brethren, that's what happens with Christ. He is our advocate. And when we commit a transgression, He fixes it, and it never goes on our record. It it, it is never imputed to me. Now, again, I want to ask, is it unconditional? No, it's not unconditional. Look at verses 3 and 4. It is conditional upon keeping His commandments. Now, chapter 1 calls it walking in the light. Chapter 1, blessed assurance. That is continual cleansing. Chapter 2, blessed assurance. Perfect propitiation. All right, 1 John chapter 3. Here's our phrase, destroying doubt. Destroying doubt. Now, I want you to look with me at chapter 3 and verse 19. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Now, what's he talking about in verse 20 when he mentions our heart condemning us? Friends, this is written for the person who has doubts. And that's our point, destroying doubt. You see, despite the assurances that we have as Christians, I know my own spiritual blemishes. I know my own spiritual frailty. And and in light of that, I might still have doubts in my own heart. And God knew that would happen. The Holy Spirit knew that would happen. And and you're not the first person to whom this has happened. And so the Lord addresses this point. He says, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. Now, I'll give you my paraphrase of this. He says, you're doing your best to walk in the light, but you're still having doubts. Stop worrying. God knows these things, and He wants you to know that you have continual cleansing. What's he doing? He's destroying the doubt. 
Next verse, verse 21, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. If you can get beyond the doubt, what you are left with is confidence. Once you can grasp this concept in 1 John, and once you can rid yourself of of this debilitating doubt, what you have is confidence in your life. Now again, there are conditions. Verse 19 says, And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts. Now, to be of the truth is equivalent to say we are walking in the light. We are walking in accordance with the truth of the New Testament pattern. And that's how we give our heart confidence. Blessed assurance, chapter 1, continual cleansing. Chapter 2, perfect propitiation. Chapter 3, destroying the doubt. All right, 1 John chapter 4, here's the phrase, fixing the fear. Did God know that His children would experience fear about the judgment day? Of course He did. He knew that some would worry. He knew that some would have anxiety. He knew that some people would be quite disturbed to think about the judgment day arriving, and and they might not be ready, and and they would be uh, upset about this. Chapter 4 and verse 17, here we go. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. By this is the love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence. Listen to this. So that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Friends, what's he doing here? He's fixing the fear problem. When you understand the extreme love that God has for us, if you are willing to abide in God, he says, then you have nothing to fear. You can have confidence in the day of judgment. Now, the New King James says, boldness, not worry, but boldness toward the day of judgment. Now, is it unconditional? No, listen to chapter 5 and verse 3. Now, this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are are not burdensome. You see, someone might begin to worry. They think, I have to keep the commandments. Well, you know, that's going to be a heavy burden. He's saying they're not burdensome. It is not a burden too heavy for you to bear. You keep walking in the light. You can do it. God loves you. Jesus Christ is cleansing you in His blood. Don't be afraid of the day of judgment. He's fixing the fear. You know, there's a very interesting passage in Luke chapter 1 and verse 6. It's talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. And here's what it says, "...and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless." Now. Did Zechariah and Elizabeth ever sin? Of course they did. But notice, they were counted as righteous. They were counted as blameless. And it's even said about them that they were keeping all of the ordinances. Now, that was under the old law. But you know, the same is true for us as we do our best to live right, confess and repent when we mess up. We are counted as righteous and blameless in the eyes of God. All right, chapter 5 of 1 John. The phrase for chapter 5 is complete confidence. We have continual cleansing, perfect propitiation, destroying the doubt, fixing the fear, 
and in chapter 5, complete confidence. John opens this book by saying, I am writing these things to you that your joy will be complete. Now listen how he closes the book. Near the very end, chapter 5 and verse 13, These things I have written unto you, I have written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God, now listen, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. I want you to notice the word know. He doesn't say hope that you have eternal life. He doesn't say wait and see if you have eternal life. It's not a matter of, I hope I die at one of these fortunate, lucky moments. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you may know with absolute confidence that you're going to go to heaven. When I sing, it is well with my soul, I can mean it. It's also interesting to notice how we may know. John says, these things I have written. Friends, it is only by the written Word of God that we may know that we are saved. You know, sometimes you meet people in the religious world who will say, I know I'm saved because I feel it in my heart. Now, that's not biblical. John doesn't say we may know that we're saved by a feeling in our hearts. He says we may know by the Holy Spirit-inspired written Word of God. I can know that I am saved. Isn't that wonderful? You know, occasionally I will meet a member of the Lord's church who will argue that, that when someone sins, he becomes lost until he confesses and prays for forgiveness of that sin. And, and um, certainly confession of sin and praying for forgiveness are things that should be a regular part of a Christian's life. That is part of what it means to walk in the light. First John 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But I'm telling you that this idea that we enter into a lost state every time that we sin is not true. If it were true, we couldn't really know that we have eternal life. Now somebody says, why not? And the answer is, because of sins of ignorance. At any time, I might commit a sin of ignorance and, and thus enter into a lost state. And if that's the case, then I can't really know that I'm saved. You know, a sin of ignorance by definition means I don't know it. I've sinned so as to be lost and I'm not even aware of it. That would negate the idea of being able to know that I'm saved. Can you imagine trying to do evangelism if you had that type of mindset? Can, can you imagine saying to someone, come and be a part of the Church of Christ where we don't really know whether we're saved or not? Friends, that's ridiculous. We are not going to win anyone to Christ with a doctrine like that. The Bible says we can know that we have eternal life. On the side of my class ring from the School of Preaching, I had engraved my favorite passage of Scripture from my favorite book of the Bible, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. It is one of the most comforting passages in all of the Bible to me. These things I have written unto you, why that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, as we keep reading in chapter 5, I want you to notice verse number 18. Almost the very end of the book, he says, we know that whoever is born of God, now who is that? That's a Christian. Whoever is born of God does not sin. Now that doesn't mean a Christian never sins. That just means it's not his normal way of life. Whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. Now listen to this. And the wicked one does not touch him. And the wicked one does not touch him. That means the devil can't get me. 
Now, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, The devil is walking around seeking whom he may devour. But if I'm doing my best to resist sin and to be faithful, the devil cannot touch me. Continual cleansing, perfect propitiation, destroying the doubt, fixing the fear, and giving complete confidence. Friends, that's the book of 1 John. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Perhaps you're watching this video and you are not a part of the Church of Christ. You need to know that presently you don't have this assurance. You can't rest your head on your pillow at night knowing that if you die before the sun rises, that heaven will be your home because this confidence is only for those who are in Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says that all spiritual blessings are in Christ. But the good news is that anyone can be in Christ. Anyone can become a part of the New Testament church by obeying the gospel. If you are interested in learning more about how to be saved and having confidence that only a Christian can have, we encourage you to visit the link that's shown on the screen below.